0: Alexa, who is Adam Ferrara?
1: Adam Ferrara is an American actor and comedian known for playing the roles of Chief Needles Nelson on Rescue Me, Sergeant Frank Virelli opposite Edie Falco on Nurse Jackie. He was a co-host on the U.S. version of Top Gear. He has had three Comedy Central specials and his new album is called It's Scary in Here. Adam's new podcast is a big hit and available everywhere.
0: Sounds like it could be funny.
1: Sounds to me like 30 minutes you'll never get back.
0: Orange whip, orange whip, three orange whips. Okay, everyone's here. We can start the show.
2: What's orange whip?
0: What's orange whip?
2: Yeah.
3: John Candy in the movie The Blues Brothers. (laughs) Yes, they sit down to watch the show mm. with the cops and they're just sort of sitting there awkwardly. And he goes, orange whip, orange whip, orange whip, three orange whips.
0: Yep. And then Brilliant they started life. the show. So now we can do that. And we have a great show for you this week. My guest in the ADD interview is actor, comedian and a really nice guy. Maz Joe Bronny. And we want to welcome everyone from our Talk To Me Tuesday family. That's our conversation we have every week, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Go to my website, click the link, and join us. And our superfan shout-out is for Claudette. Say hi to Claudette, everybody.
2: Hello, Claudette.
0: Hey, Claudette. How you doing? And if Phil was here, Claudette, he would say hello, too, and it would be a great emotional strain.
2: Oh, my God. <laughs> Where did you get that, Adam?
0: I took it out of some conversation I had. What am I Phil is still on assignment, which means he does not get internet. So uh, he will be on the next couple of shows. We're gonna we're gonna schedule them around Philip. Uh, but Claudette, you heard the voices of the people I love: my beautiful wife Alex, hello, and my pal and pod producer Marcus. Would you please shut your mouth? You're causing a problem, Stern.
3: <laughs> what did I do? What What did I do?
0: What did I do? Okay. I'm going to New York, right? So Mark was on speaker and I walk into the kitchen and Alex was there. so we started having a conversation and uh, I got to get on a plane. I got to go to New York. So Mark said, oh, did you hear what happened in New York? (laughs) (laughs) And it was gunfire and murder. And you thought this
3: was a good topic to bring up to my wife. I meant well, okay. I thought it was an interesting story that you guys would want to hear. I I may have erred in that assu- assumption, hey, I, but
2: I'm with you, Mark. I think it's always good to be prepared. <laughs>
3: prepared for what? There was Not- a drive-by shooting in New York, and Marcos. Let me
0: share this with my friends. Hey, you're going to New York. You got to know what's going on in your I, neighborhood. I live there. I know what's going on. It wasn't even in my neighborhood. It was in Brooklyn, and we live down in the village. Here's the thing. Mark does <laughs> oh, this. My goodness. Mark does this. Yeah, there was a drive-by shooting. A woman got killed. That's my other line. I got to go. <laughs> so he leaves. He winds up the wife, and after you hang up, I got to have the conversation.
2: And And what he means by winding up the wife is informing her about what's going on. <laughs>
0: But it's not going to do anything. It's not going to stop me from going on my trip. It's no, not, it, but... We're, we're going to have a conversation for an hour and a half about, do you really have to go? Yes, I have to go. Well, what if you go there? And that's what if. What if you have to go to Brooklyn? What are you going to do then? No,
2: I, I think my only conversation was, Adam, watch your six.
0: Yeah, it was watch your six. It was that. That's where it came down to. But after that, it was like, I don't know if you should go.
3: I'm like, I gotta go. <laughs> I'm sorry. I... Uh... Yeah, I do that with a lot of stories. I think people are going to find them interesting, and I cause more trouble than I intend. So I know you meant well,
0: but basically, you came over here with a beehive. You put it in my living room, and you
3: said, I got to go. <laughs> yeah, more or less. Yeah, I guess.
2: And just so you know, the beehive is only in his imagination. I appreciate you telling me stuff.
0: Yeah, but it, it winds it's it's like when you're out with another couple and they're fighting and that car ride home is like, What'd you think of that? I get, well I thought he was, you know, overreacting. You're taking her side
3: <laughs> Right. Flip a coin. I meant her. I mean him. I don't know. Whatever I whatever I can say to not get me in trouble, that's the side. Yeah, that's me. what that's...
0: you want to do, but you never know what it is, you know? Yeah. So I you know, I I don't want you to be upset. So if you are upset, I wanna try and calm you down, but I'd really I'd really just would rather just not be in the conversation at all, to well, be honest
2: The thing is once you know something, how can you not worry you're concerned for people you care about
0: i look i love you very much i've learned to ignore a lot of shit in my life and i'm a lot better off
2: apparently yes (laughs) yeah and and
3: i'm the worst at this like if you're gonna get on an airplane or a train i'll tell you some horror story about that so i gotta i gotta work on a filter here's a grenade just hold this wait a minute forgot the pin gotta go (laughs) yeah yeah okay I farted in the elevator and I got out and then left you guys. (laughs) That's what you did. That's what you did. Three floors down to the lobby. I'm stuck with your stink.
2: I,
0: I have <laughs> And I have to explain, why does he smell like that? I don't know. Maybe it's what he eats. Well, what do you think he eats? And now we're in a discussion about your ass exhaust. I don't want any questions. I, my opinion doesn't matter because I really don't care about it. I just want to make the right choice so the questions stop. Does that make sense? It,
2: it, it sounds like you're grumpy.
0: <laughs> I think I am. And I think... <laughs>
2: I really think
0: Mark Stern causes
2: this. <laughs> you gotta deal with it. I yeah. gotta deal with it. Okay, so, Adam. Yes. Let me give you some advice.
0: Okay, thank you. <laughs> I need advice from my wife about dealing with my wife. She says his advice, but it's more. This, this is what I want you to do, you putts. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> just like if I bring up a conversation, mm-hmm. just go, oh, really? No,
0: I can't. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Did you just meet me? All right. I have ADD. I'm, I'm, so, I'm, look, I'm trying. To, Mark, I'm trying to pay attention. I really am. I'm trying to participate. I'm trying to be present. All right. I'm trying to be there for my wife. And I'll say, oh, really? But who are we fooling? You know, I have no clue what's going on.
2: I know. I, I, I know. I know. You're trying. I'm trying but nothing. Unless
0: there's a visual cue like, oh, look, a fire. Get out of
2: the house <laughs> I'm six
0: miles away You know what we can talk about? This is what we should talk about Mark Stern and how he's ruining our lives <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sorry Mark yeah,
3: Tough but fair You know
0: what I ended up Saying Mark after just to end the whole conversation Because he was worried I go honey you gonna listen to Mark He just spent $300 on a toaster You, really... <laughs> a you fair think
3: point. he makes good decisions That is a fair point My judgment is probably a little off skew yeah. But
2: just so you know I did send extra coffee, extra water. Extra
0: yes, yeah. Because okay, I'm going to New York, and in case there's a, in case there's another lockdown, my wife worries. As I worry about her, she worries about me. So that's why the conversation you had didn't help. She sent supplies to the apartment already. She sent, sa- she sent me coffee,
2: coffee creamer, and beans. This
0: is what she sent me. So no, I'm, I, I'm up and I'm farting.
2: Listen, I wanted, I wanted to it's <laughs> <laughs> a great survival kit oh my god listen brilliant. i wanted to send him a bag of beans and then he i guess he heard me saying oh bag of beans and he said no i won't cook those so apparently he doesn't know how to cook a bag of beans so i nah. had to send him cans
3: yeah can of beans.
2: can of beans yeah
3: hold on side note here you don't know how to cook beans no
2: <laughs> he knows how to do- use a okay. toaster and burn it that's-
3: <laughs> yeah, my toaster will cook beans for you. Yeah, ooh,
0: okay. ooh, another plus. Great, three hundred dollar beans.
3: <laughs> so you're all set when you get there. Yeah. You know, you get a Kevlar vest, you get some beans. You get some creamer. <laughs> it's gonna be fine. You're welcome. Well, look, Mark, I know,
0: I know you tried, and that's what's so tragic.
3: <laughs> my, my heart was. I really meant well. I was like, oh, he's going to New York. This is a fascinating story. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I meant well.
0: Well, look, I can understand because I meant well too when I put Maz Jobrani's intro together, but I Mm -hmm. screwed up um, Arabic and Persian and Maz is very gracious and uh, just glossed right over it because he's a better person than me. I know you meant well, but you're (laughs) annoying and you caused me strife in my marriage. (laughs) So why don't you guys listen to this and we will see you on the other side.
3: Relationships are difficult. Listen, we have enough stuff going on in our relationship between personality differences and communication styles and baggage we bring in that we got enough going on inside the relationship that we don't need stuff outside the relationship coming in and negatively influencing us.
0: That's what you did. That's what you did. Three floors down to the lobby. I'm stuck with your stink.
1: You're listening to the Adam Ferrara podcast. This is 30 minutes. You will never get back.
0: I got some stand-up dates for you. This Saturday, August 14th, one night only, I will be at CB Live in Phoenix, Arizona. August 17th, I will be in New York City at The Cutting Room. August 20th and 21st, I will be in Point Pleasant, New Jersey at Uncle Vinny's Comedy Club. August 28th, one night only, the Hotel Solomar in San Diego. And September 24th and 25th, I will be at Flappers in Burbank, California. There's a link for tickets right here in the show notes, or you can go to my website and click the link there. And as always, if you can make any of these gigs, come up after the show and let me shake your hand. Thank you for all the love and support you've shown me And this podcast pay
3: attention when i'm talking to you boy
0: adhd it's not just for kids
3: nice boy but doesn't listen to a word you say
0: welcome to the add interview it's not that you're not interesting it's just that i can't focus and my guest this week is oh look a bird My guest this week is an actor, comedian, and podcaster. You know him from his Netflix special, Immigrant, which was taped at the Kennedy Center. His new special, Pandemic Warrior, is streaming on the Peacock as we speak. He was born and around, raised in Marin County. We both remember our fathers being a lot like Vito Corleone. We both want to punch Dr. Oz, and the Arabic word I learned from him this month was June. (laughs) <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, please help me welcome the very funny Maz Jobrani. Hello, Maz June. Did I do that right?
4: Uh, Adam June, you got it right. First of all, it's a Persian word. Just the, that's the only thing that you got wrong, because Persian is different than Arabic. You're right. You're, that's I'm all. telling you. Of course you're right. That's all. <laughs> but other than that... You're right. June is a term of endearment. You put it after someone's name. It actually means spirit or life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so it's just saying dear. And, and every, that's the easiest thing to learn. I, I don't know if you've experienced this before. A lot of times when, we, when people um, tell me that they know Persian or something, mm-hmm. if the word is a nice word, that means that they dated a Persian girl and she taught them Persian. Right. If the word is a cuss word, that means they had roommates in college. There were some Persian dudes. That. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Your book, I remember um, you got some heat because you were wearing uh, an the Arabic. Arabic uh, yeah,
4: yeah. And you so, getting letters uh, going,
0: why are you wearing that? You're Persian.
4: Yeah, so that was it was interesting. I actually did a bit about it because I was saying some lady wrote me before the book even came out. The whole point of it, the, the book is called "I'm Not a Terrorist, But I've Played One on TV." Mm-hmm. So I have a goofy picture of me on the front, wearing like a, it looked, it's a Palestinian uh, um, headdress, keffiyeh, whatever you might call. It. I'm not quite sure what that one's called, but I have the headdress on and I'm holding like a wily e. coyote type, you know, black bomb with a fuse coming out. And I'm just kind of saying like, hey, I didn't want to play these parts, but I had to play these parts kind of a thing. So it's making fun of how how Hollywood stereotypes and they don't care who you are. And some Persian lady wrote me an email before the book had even come out. She's like, why are you wearing the Arab headgear? We're not Arab, we're Iranian. And I was like, lady, you're literally judging a book by its cover. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I did a
0: joke uh, uh, about uh, being Italian and I got, you know mean tweets from Italians, you know, like, you're paying the Italians as criminals. I'm like, stop it. You missed the Olive yeah. Garden? That's the biggest insult yeah. to our people.
4: <laughs> what is go- well, you know, it's interesting because people obviously see us as representing them. That's why mm-hmm. when people ask me, they go, do you represent the Iranian, you know, community? I go, no, I don't want to represent anybody because I know I'm going to let you down <laughs> if I do. <laughs> It's just inevitably I'm going to let you down. So that's why I say, let me just, I represent me. This is what mm. I want to talk about. Right. And then also, by the way, with the Italian thing, like I would say, you know, the uh, Italians, at least, you know, Italians had Sopranos, but then they had like, everybody loves Raymond. You had a family True. going through a family. Middle Easterners and Persians and Arabs and everybody from that part of the world for the longest time, it was all negative, negative, negative. Just more recently, we've had like Rami, who's mm-hmm. Egyptian American right. or, um, you know, or. The Shaw's of a to- sunset. Shah's sunset. I always say Shah's a sunset is a step in the right direction because we used to be known as terrorists. Now right. we're known as drunks. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, hey man. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. you
0: you were born in Iran in '72. You came here '78, I think.
4: Yeah, so late '78, the revolu There was protests in the streets of Iran. I remember the, there
0: was a hubbub.
4: A hubbub was happening. And uh, here's the thing. A lot of Iranians didn't think that there was going to be a revolution because Mm -hmm. in the past, there had been protests and the Shah had always just quashed the protests. And so in this case, um, my dad was on business in New York and he told my mom, he said, why don't you bring me and my older sister? He goes, it's winter break anyway. Bring the kids, come to New York. You guys will stay two weeks. Things will quiet down. You can go back. Well, Mm -hmm. I always say we we packed for two weeks and we stayed for forty. Four years or whatever the number is now. <laughs> Crazy. And it's a pretty common story, by the way. Not just Iranians, but that's, that's why I'm such a proponent for immigrants and, and, and refugees and people just like fleeing their countries. I mean, we were, my father was successful, so we were able to fly over first class on mm-hmm. Pan Am or whatever it was back then. But when I hear about people coming from Syria or from Central America or whatever, I don't think anybody's sitting around in a great situation going, oh, wow, well, look, my family's here. Have a great job. Everyone's fantastic. Let's go to a country where they don't speak our language, and they're going to tell us to go back to our country. Let's go over there. Yeah, that's not the case. Everyone's like getting out because some crap's going on. You know, yeah, I got to roll the dice. I mean, I know I'm going to die here, so
0: let me roll yeah. the dice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the immigrant uh, uh, work ethic and and being not displaced, but adjusting to a different culture, especially when you're a kid, your mom and dad, you have a great bit that uh, I want to play right now
4: about uh, about um, your parents being loud oh yeah yeah. I was at my kids school for like the fourth or fifth day in a row I looked around and realized my parents never came to any of my school events then I realized yeah. I didn't want them to come to my school events when your immigrant parents show up at the school they come in loud <laughs> dressed up like they're going to the Copacabana her name was Lola she was a show girl My dad's got a three-piece black suit with a red tie. My mom's got a mink coat, feathered hair, and a cigarette. Every cousin we brought to America is in the car. That is great. Well, you know, that was based on truth. So Mm -hmm. it was like, it was, you know, I I don't know if my mom was wearing the mink coat or if it was my aunt. I had an aunt who would come. But they were always, they were dressed up. It was an event, you know, it was a big event for them. I remember being, because I did, I started doing, um, school musicals when i was in seventh grade I, I wanted to be eddie murphy as a kid right and i don't know if it was the seventh grade because in seventh grade i was background because our school was seventh and eighth so mm-hmm. the seventh grade is going to get the back you know background dancer sure eighth grade i got the lead i got little abner in the play and i i don't know if it was that play i don't know which play it was i just remember one time i did my thing did my dance number you know we stopped for the for the applause from the parents and the parents are all clapping and then like a beacon in in the middle of, of the ocean. My aunt stands up. In the, everyone's seated. She's standing up. She's going, bravo, bravo. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, sit down. I'm like, you're embarrassing me. And it was just embarrassing. I know she was trying to be nice, but they just stood out. They yeah. always stood out. And it was embarrassing. Look, kids are embarrassed their parents regardless, sure. much less if their parents are, quote, unquote, fresh off the boat. Right, That's yeah. a whole other level. Yeah. You know? Yeah,
0: especially when you're just trying to fit in and assimilate as a kid anyway. You're from another culture you're trying to fit in.
4: Absolutely. And they say things that are, like, inappropriate or they're embarrassing. I mean, parents embarrass their kids anyway. But I remember one time because, you know, they had – my dad's English was worse than my mom's English. Mm-hmm. And, but then my dad could be very jovial and larger than life. So I remember one time I was, I don't know, I was, like, maybe 12 years old. We go into an ice cream shop in our town, and there's this girl working behind the counter. She's probably, like, 14, and my dad just, like, decides to kind of – ribbed me a little bit. He's like, hello, young lady. And she's like, hi. And he's like, would you like marry my son? And <laughs> he was joking, but I was like, dad, shut up. And the girl's <laughs> like, nah, I'm good.
0: <laughs> so my father, they, my, my parents were also loud. That's where I identified with the bit. They, they would embarrass me too. Maz, I'm making my confirmation, right? Roman Catholic Church, making my yep. confirmation. And for whatever reason, um, my father got a gig, got a job that morning. And he's like, I can get it done and get to the church on time. So I'm sitting in church, right? And and there's, there's the priest. You know, today Jesus bestows the sacrament on. And we hear the truck pull up because there was a hole in the oh muffler. My father comes running in, putting a suit jacket over his work clothes. He's sitting next to my mother and he's wearing his Stanley tape measure on his belt. Oh. And my mother's like, Joe, you got your ruler on in church. Like, Jesus was a cop and he didn't understand. Let's hurry this up. So your dad, your dad was a lot like, uh, like my dad from, what, from my, doing my research on you. And I, I put in there, because you made a great comment that your dad was like a, like a Vito Corleone and so was mine. There's a great bit you have about your father coming to school
4: that I want to play now. My dad didn't come to my soccer games. My dad came to one soccer game, Persian dad, one soccer game. He tried to bribe the referee. <laughs> He's like, how much for my son score four goal? How much? Four goal? Four gold, How much? That's how it works in the in the old country. You bribe the right guy, your team will win. Four gold. Give me five gold, Hundred dollar. Let's make it even. So that was inspired by. He actually did come. He came to one game. Mm-hmm. He didn't try to bribe the referee. He walked over to the coach because I I played um I played we had a good soccer team. I was a good soccer player. Sure. And I was playing. Before he, 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 hadn't, he had, I don't think he'd come to a game in a in a long time, because I was I'd been playing defense on our team that was this good team on our high school team, mm-hmm. so he must not have come to any game because then he comes to this one other game that's after we won the championships everything now I'm playing in some league, I'm playing defense, and I'm playing the game and I look over the sideline and I see my dad has made his way over to the coach, and he's standing next to the coach he goes uh, my son forward. <laughs> And the coach is like, excuse me, sir. He's like, my son played forward. And the guy's like, uh, no, he's playing defense. And I'm like, dad, shut up. He's like, forward. like." And it, here's the funny thing, Adam. So he's trying to get me to play forward. And the coach is like, just, sir, leave me alone. I'm embarrassed. Sure. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Now, flash forward years later, my son is a good athlete. He's playing soccer. He was playing on some team when he was like seven or eight years old. Mm-hmm. So – He's in the field. He's playing in the field. I'm watching practice, and then I go, oh, you know what? I'm going I'm to go sit in the car for a little bit. I'll come back. Now, the team had a lot of good players, and the team had recently lost their goalkeeper. So I go in the car. I come back from the car. My son is now in the goal. And I'm going, what's he doing in the goal? And, I, and I'm watching this, and I realize if he does well in the goal, the coach is going to make him a keeper because we need a keeper. Mm-hmm. And Adam, I was so... Like I was coming out of my skin because like, why are you playing goalkeeper? I want to watch you score. I don't yeah. want to watch you try to. And right away, I realized what my dad wa- why he wanted forward. He was bored watching <laughs> me play defense. <laughs> it's boring to watch your son when he's a defender. You want to watch your son score. Sure. You want you. You know what I'm saying? So he was. So I was like, oh my god! <laughs> Forty years later, I got it. I go, I get it. I swear, I got. I got in the car with my son, and I was trying to be supportive. Mm-hmm. But I was like, underneath, I was like, I was really just worked up. And I go, Hey, uh, buddy, let me ask you a question. Um, why were you we playing keeper? Mm-hmm. I was like I don't know. I thought it'd be fun. I go, Yeah, but you're not a keeper. He's like, Well, you know, the coach said we need a keeper. I thought maybe I'd try it. I go, Yeah, but you, you're good in the field. You should really stick to the field. Well, I think I might want to try keeper. No, I'm, and now I'm like, you really? Should. I go, Why? I go, If you want to be keeper, then you. Now I'm trying to like put the pressure. Like yeah. he's eight years old. I'm trying to get him to <laughs> not play keepers. I'm like. Listen, if you want to play keeper, you have to commit to being keeper. There's an extra keeper practice on Uh Thursdays. There's another day. You got to get the kit. You got to go get the gear. You you got to start watching goalkeepers. You really got to put in the time. Mm -hmm. He's like, I'm eight years old. I'm just (laughs) trying to play. You're (laughs) leaning on your own kid. All right, (laughs) if we're going to do this. (laughs) Just just for my own entertainment, (laughs) I want him to play forward.
0: (laughs) Uh, Let me ask you this. You got you got that revelation of what your dad felt and you had that awareness and that knowing and it clicked in that moment. What traits of your dad do you hope to pass on to your kids? I'll
4: tell you, there was a few traits that were like lifelong have helped me a lot. So Mm -hmm. my father, because he had been a successful businessman in Iran and then he was able to bring a lot of that money to America. And the, the long of it is eventually he lost that money in bad real estate investments. But for the longest time as a kid, he was always so generous to everybody. So later on, I found out that he had friends of his that would tell me, oh, you know, your father back in, you know, when I first moved to America, I had no money and he gave me whatever, $10,000 to get started. But he made me take it. I I didn't want it, but he made me take it. He said, you know, if you don't take it, we're no longer friends. Or... Some other guy told me like back in Iran, my dad owned a bunch of like a building and, mm-hmm. his, and he told the guy, live here rent free and pay me when you can. He was very generous. So I try to be generous. I try to pass that on to my kids. But more importantly, he instilled in me, Adam, this thing of a sense of security, meaning I feel like no matter what happens, I'll always find a way. I don't want anyone in my family to feel that they have to do something out of desperation you know what i'm saying because i think in life a lot of times a lot of people make decisions from fear they don't want to piss off their boss they don't want to piss off the club owner they don't want to piss off whoever but i go no it's like let's try and get to a point where we can make decisions from a place of power a place of integrity so my father by always having money like i never wanted anything that i couldn't get i mean i always and, 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 and even when he was losing his money later, it still felt that way. And even when I was then out of college, had a job as an assistant in an advertising agency making like $25,000 a year, I still felt in my mind and in my heart that things would somehow always work out. So that's a trait that I hope that they have, that they don't worry about money.
0: That's great. I really, I think that that's a, that's a really smart to be aware of and to pass on and I need you to adopt me
4: yes sir you can come on in we got-
0: <laughs> I didn't have that you know what I got Maz my father yeah. would tell me the wolves are always at the door you gotta
4: think oh, five yeah. moves ahead Maz I was six. Oh my god yeah. talk about the anxiety that that causes right yeah that's, that's what it is that's the problem is because I think again going back to that work ethic going back to the because the, the the places where they put pressure on me was the thing of like, you are you represent us. You're Jabrani's yeah. kid. Yeah. So don't ever make you know, don't don't be an embarrassment to the family, that kind of thing. Yeah, I got that. So that that's what that's why I didn't start stand up till I was twenty six, because I was afraid that it was gonna be a disgrace to the whole family. Mm. So that led me to do what they wanted me to do, which was, Oh, be a lawyer, be a lawyer, it's good, it's a reputable job, be a lawyer, mm. you know, look good. Basically it will look good. So they, they pressured me in other ways like that, but in terms of like just feeling a sense of security, of feeling a feeling, a sense of... And it wasn't that he ever told me like, oh, son, money will always be there or money will always come. It was more that he just... That's how he lived. Yeah. Now, I also learned a lesson from him not, not preparing for the future because when he had the money, he didn't put it into a 401k or something for us. He just ended up spending it all. So the opposite is I've learned to be a little more cautious with you know if I have money I'm not gonna spend it all. I'm gonna put some in investments I'm gonna put some in college funds all that kind of stuff yeah. because I think we all can get very you know you know how it is if when, when money when you're making money you're like oh my god I'm I'm a billionaire yeah. you know and then and then you're like oh that was one show
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah yeah uh we're yeah. not picking that up all
0: right well now we got to go back and start dancing again yeah yeah exactly. but your dad was
4: like mine I mean he was he was a gambler too right Big gambler. So Mm. my dad came. So when we first came, we went from Iran to New York and we we were there. Winter of 78, where later on I was talking to a friend of mine who was there in winter of 78. He goes, that was one of the coldest winters in recent history. Yeah, The ice storm was, was that was the when the power went out. Exactly. And so we ended up there and my dad was looking for homes and my mom's like, this place is too cold. Let's get the hell out of here. So because of that, we move. West mm-hmm. and first before we got to California, we stopped in Reno. My dad had a friend in Reno, so my dad, being a gambler, he would go to. We went to MGM Grand in Reno back then, and, and he's playing. I think he was playing Baccarat or Blackjack or what he you know, but high roller, high stakes. Every hotel we went to, Adam, word would come back like we'd be playing video games. You know, get our quarters to play, sure. and my, and then I'd go get some more money for my mom and my mom. I'd be like, "Where's dad?" And she, she's like, "Oh, he's talking to the owners. He's thinking of buying the hotel." Every hotel, he was looking to buy, buy the hotel. And he was playing such big numbers yeah. that they all were like, oh, let's go ahead and take care of this guy. Matter of fact, the reason we ended up in in Marin in Northern California was because my dad was playing such big numbers that they comped him all these rooms. You sure. have whatever you want. So he called a friend who happened to be living in Marin. He's like, bring your whole family. I got extra rooms." So they came and stayed with us and then they said well once you're done here in Reno why don't you come to Marin and we went to Marin and then that's where we settled down and uh and yeah that, that that's led to that
0: All right, so your dad was a whale my dad they would send a plane for him but it was from Long Island to Atlantic City
4: well yeah you know what but that's the but in the end they both end up like I don't know how your dad did but my dad would always end up being like oh I need to borrow another 100 grand or whatever and yeah. then eventually he he loses i mean it's, it's you know the only winner usually in Vegas or in, in these places are the casinos. Yeah. You know that, right? Yeah, so, they don't build those places because they think you're going to win. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I
0: will tell you the advice I would get from my dad, especially when things were like, you know, like you said, they get tough and you get worried and everything. Um, my father would go, ah, look at this. life. It's like a slot machine. You just keep the wheel spinning. That's it. You just got to keep playing. One day it pays off. You know what you do? You go, hey, you kiss your wife. You have a nice dinner. You know what you do when you get up tomorrow? You play again.
4: That's all it is. Oh, you're like, dad, let me introduce you to Charles Schwab. He wants (laughs) you to put some of that money, put some of that money away from my college, dad. Come on, dad. The slots don't got to play all the time. (laughs) Yeah, man. No, it's funny because I got so, because my dad was a gambler, then he started betting on football and all that other stuff with all of his friends. I got into that as a as a kid in in like in high school. My friends and I we play like blackjack and we bet on football games. I actually like as a kid, I, I had this idea. I was like, you know, when I grow up, I'm gonna have my own casino. I'm gonna call it Mozzie's Casino. Like I was, re- I wanted You're that. Ready. Like, and I'd be, you know, I'd watch all the all the mafia movies and all that, like Casino and whatever you, you know, you name it. And then, um, I think it was uh, junior or senior year in high school, I had $120 in, in the bank from. You know, doing some kind of job or sure. something. I had two hundred twenty bucks, and it was going into Christmas. And I go, oh, I am going to need a little bit more money to buy gifts for everybody. So, so you know, you know what I am going to do? I am going to put sixty dollars on the football game this weekend. It was like I don't know, it was like the Giants against the Cowboys or something. Put sixty bucks on it. I know who's going to win. I'll then make sixty more. I'll be good. Well, of course, I lost. Sure. So now I am down to sixty in the bank. I go, you know what? Let me just get that sixty this next week. I'll win it back. I'll go back to one hundred twenty. I'll live like lost the other 60 and that was a light bulb moment i go you know what screw this shit you know you know i don't mind once in a while like when there's a game going on i'll put a 100 bucks 200 bucks whatever but i said i'm not gonna be a gambler because you're gonna lose my
0: my was like i was doing the same thing you were doing and then but i got tired of sweating it out on monday night because i got to get even from the weekend
4: oh yeah 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 no you that's and you know what it is? It's it's the idea of I mean, look, we still the, the gambling gene is still in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like the, just recently with everyone doing the cryptocurrency and Bitcoin, I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. And then finally, I talked to a bunch of people and I was like, you know what? I'll get in the game. But I just I put in what I felt like if I lose this, I'll be OK. Yeah, that, you know, that's, that's, that's the, right. Yeah. You got to sign the money it. off.
0: That's, it. Does, that's now, it. does your wife, does she have the
4: gambling gene? not at all she's zero even like nowadays if we go if i'm doing a gig let's say somewhere like a vegas or something we, we'll spend the whole weekend she won't even want to sit at a table i at some point will say let's go play blackjack sure. and you know play a few hundred bucks and see what happens i actually like 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 uh the wheel of fortune slots that's kind of that's fun my wife's
0: here. yeah that's what she likes yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah you hit it and then it goes wheel oh fortune yeah 100 bucks <laughs> you know, that's it.
0: <laughs> Welcome to Mozzie's Casino. I want to spin the wheel?
4: Huh? <laughs> Mozzie's Casino could have been, man. Could have been.
0: So, your wife—your wife is from India. Now, is
4: it—is
0: it India? Is it South Asian? What's the correct term now?
4: She's South Asian. Well, I don't know. I say she's Indian, and and you know. So, she was born in India. Left there when she was six months old. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were from the south. It's an area called Kerala. I've never been. I, we wanted to go every time we wanted to go. Something came up. First, the kids were born. Then, you know. Covid, and so sure. we want to go at some point. But it's the southern part of India. I hear it's amazing. It's beautiful. Um, a lot of they have a high literacy rate, which is interesting. They have like ninety seven percent literacy rate. So, mm-hmm. and then and her family is Christian. There's a lot of Christian Indians, so they're Christian. And uh, and I met her because she was six months old. Grew up in New York, then moves out to California after she finishes law school. She comes here to be a lawyer, and it was interesting because. She was when we first met. I again, I was working as like this assistant in an ad, ad agency making very little money mm-hmm. doing stand up at nighttime. And she was working at one of these top law firms making six figures. And she had no idea how this thing works like, how this, first of all, in looks wise, she should be the actress, I should be the lawyer you know, <laughs> because she's a good looking lady. Yeah. And I'm, and you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not calling, I'm not saying I'm a pig, but you know, I'm not. I don't have matinee idol looks, you know what I'm saying? So, But, but early on, she would be like, wait a minute, how are you going to make a living doing this? Mm-hmm. And it was that mentality I told you. I was, I was like, listen, I, I'll be honest with you. I said, I'm just going to keep doing this. I love it. I finally have been wanting to do this. I finally decided to do it. And I said, even if like 10 years from now, I got to go get a job. As a manager at Starbucks or whatever it is, just so I have health insurance and I'm able to do what I love doing, I said I'll do it. I'm, I'll hustle. I never want to be a kept man. I want to be right. providing or be be involved in this. And she she never understood it. And then you know, slowly, slowly, I think she started to see the success, and that made her a little more comfortable right. with you know with what with, with what I what, what I what I'm doing.
0: Yeah, we have, we have a similarity too. I, I married a beautiful woman. I have no business being with.
4: Yeah, really. there
0: you go Really yeah. you, know, you, know, we, we, you know, when you walk down the street You think, how the hell did that guy get that girl?
4: Yeah I'm that guy Yeah, me too Yeah <laughs> And
0: your, your wife does something my wife does You have a bit about it And it's really made me laugh
4: Ladies, please stop going online And reading about things that scare you And then coming and scaring us with it too
1: <laughs> My wife is
4: constantly telling me things we can't do We can't eat the salmon, don't eat the spinach Don't touch the doorknob on the way out of the house There's germs on the door how am I supposed to leave? Just fly. Fly through the window. <laughs> she heard somewhere, she read somewhere, that when you go to the bathroom, when you flush the toilet, you have to have the whole lid down. The whole lid needs to be, When you flush, the whole lid needs to be down. There's a guy named Dr. Oz, who used to be... Yeah, you know him, yeah. Dr. Oz, that bastard. Yeah. Yeah, he's been telling our women to put the lid down. I'm going to find him. I'm punching him in the face. The- <laughs>
0: Same thing Mom. same thing she called yeah. we had a meeting in the bathroom she came in she pointed to the lid it's up and goes see this now let me explain
4: yeah it's crazy and it was like it's it was continuous they'll send you an article right yeah. and and then my wife sometimes she'll wake up in the middle of the night and get on the phone and just cuz she can't sleep so she's on there i if, if i can't sleep i'm giving that phone i don't want to look mm-hmm. i want to read i don't want to read an article at three in the morning yeah but there's di- times when I wake up the next morning, and now because there's you know obviously there's text and there's Instagram, there's email, there's, it can come in any form. I don't know where it's gonna come in, but I'll be <laughs> checking one of my, I'll be checking one of my things, and there's an article on like you know you know whatever, uh, Delta variant, you yeah, know, you know don't leave your house, and I'm like what? And I started reading it, and the article is like basically you should even though the CDC has not said it yet, you should not leave your house. Yeah, and then, then the next morning. I don't like acknowledge it I'm walking by. It's like what do you think of that what do you think of that article yeah. and I'm like I, I don't know I got to leave the house yeah. She's like well the thing says only that <laughs> so all the time that's the that's one of the worst parts of our phones and the internet is that it made everybody think that they can self-diagnose. Yeah. Every every illness that I look up has nausea and like fatigue yeah. everything. I mean like from AIDS to cancer to the <laughs> coronavirus to Everything has nausea and fatigue. So, if you got one of those two, if you're like, I feel a little sick, you look it up, you could have 10 deadly diseases. <laughs> That's it. It's all the time.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm feeling a little run down. It's typhoid. <laughs> typhoid.
4: Yeah. yeah. You got
0: typhoid.
4: <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah.
0: I learned a lot of stuff uh, on your podcast, and I think it's a really good idea. It's called Back to School with Moz jabroni and can you explain the concept of it
4: yeah the idea came to me because my kids would ask me questions that i didn't have the answers for Mm -hmm. um because you know i I have certain smarts but i don't have a lot of other types of smarts so quite often i have to go google it you know hey daddy how does a hurricane start (laughs) i have no idea let's go to google let's find out you know and so I decided, you know what, rather than Googling, let me just bring experts on and we can learn from them. And every episode starts with a question from one of my kids. Yeah. And then I just made it even, I took it even further. I just said, it's become an excuse to talk to interesting people because everyone's got an expertise in something. Sure. So it's been fun. We had, we've had like my favorite episodes have been whenever I've had uh, people who are like either uh, legal types or, or they like, there was a guy who helped land the rover on Mars. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, he knew everything about space. and Yeah, this it took him four years. Four years to build the thing to go. And he told the story of how when they sent the rover up, it takes uh, about, I don't know, eight or ten minutes for the message to come from the rover back down to Earth. So he goes, we saw it get into the atmosphere on Mars. We saw it come close to landing. And then we didn't know if it had landed or if it had exploded as it had done in the past. Uh-huh. And he goes, 10 minutes later, we get the images that it's landed. And he said, I just started bawling because he goes, I was out of happiness. He goes, yeah. it's been four years of all our work. And we were just on pins and needles for 10 minutes waiting. I mean, people do amazing stuff, man. I mean, from 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 him to there was a lady who was a cave diver. She goes underneath the earth to find organisms. like with Like she'll take scientists underneath the earth. She told the story. She wrote a book. Her name is Jill Heinert. And mm-hmm. She wrote a book where she tells the story of being underneath a glacier. They were diving underneath a glacier, and all of a sudden, there was a crack in the glacier, and water started coming in against their direction. And she said, I was there, and they're all like, they all have a line. There's four divers, and they all have a line, mm-hmm. and they're all holding onto the line so that they don't lose each other. And she goes, We feel the pressure coming, and we're stuck, and I'm trying to grab something to pull up, and I get a rip in my outfit and now you're under a glacier so she's like my hands are not freezing because now my you know anti-freezing outfit now has yeah. a hole in it and then she goes i thought to myself if we get stuck here someone's going to have to come rescue us and Who's then she coming? goes then i realized that she goes i realized the best divers in the world were us we were under <laughs> we are we are the rescue team. Yeah. And then she tells a story. She goes, somehow they get themselves out and they come up and they get on the boat. She goes, as soon as I got on the boat, the glacier basically just like exploded, imploded. And she goes, we would have you know, perished in it easily if it would have been whatever, 15 minutes here or there. So people do crazy and interesting stuff. Yeah. So I love having them on and talking to them and learning about it.
0: You yeah, know? you had you had uh my I think my favorite I, I was uh, poking around. You had Rizvani on the guy that made the tank
4: the car design. Yeah, 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 yeah. That guy came on with the tank. He's got he's an interesting guy. He took a he's got this tank car mm-hmm. where it's like um it's an interesting car because it's it, it's like a car from a, from Mad Max. Yeah, it's got it's got all these features on the car where, for example, expensive car. It, it was like a Hummer that has extra features on it, and it's and it's built like a tank. So then he was like, "Yeah, you can get uh we have we have a feature that comes if you want that the car can release smoke behind it, yeah, yeah. or it can drop nails or something." I go, "What are you the the the, the Joker? Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Who's <finds> buying that?"
0: <laughs> I was looking around. It's got the yeah, it, it's it's it, it's called the tank, but it's on it's on tires. It's not on treads. Uh, and yeah. it's Jack. It, it's really well done. It's bulletproof. You can get civilian bulletproof stuff on there. And I was like, the yeah, ah, like, weight. What if I want to go off road? I'm already considering getting one.
4: And you can yeah. get into one for
0: 150 grand.
4: That's what, you know. I'm thinking. I was like, I was like, who is your market? Is it is it rappers that have a beef with another rapper? Who who is buying? <laughs> it's very interesting. But I guess people are. I mean, people are car collectors, and sure. they you know they you know. But How I think Jamie can't Fox imagine. has one. Yeah, exactly. Jamie, exactly. You got to be somebody who's got a ton of money. You're like, I'll take the tank in case.
0: Yeah. Just to be safe. I take the tank. Off. <laughs> what do you drive? What's your car, Mark?
4: Well, we were driving Audis for a few years. Mm-hmm. And then we wanted to, I still have one Audi. And then we, because um, we have two cars. And then I wanted to get uh, an electric car. Because I feel like I right. want to go in that direction. True. Sure. The only issue is, I know my wife sometimes her phone is always running out of batteries. Like she doesn't charge the phone overnight. So I thought to myself, I go, listen, if I get a full electric car and she forgets to charge it, I'm going to be doing a show in Dubai. I'm going to get a call (laughs) in the middle of the night being like, Hey, we're stuck in Lancaster. I forgot to charge the car. I'm going to be like, Oh God. you know. And, you know what i'm saying and, 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 and so we got a hybrid now a hybrid volvo they got it. volvo started making these really nice suvs because we need an suv sure, for, for the kid. family and then so it's a volvo suv and i guess when you charge it you get about 20 miles around town which mm-hmm. is fine and then it goes to gas So yeah. I go, okay i can do that you got a yeah. great bit about driving too that i want to play And it's crazy, whenever you leave America, you realize that certain countries, whether it's like Mexico or, 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 you know, Middle East or like Latin American countries, a lot of countries, there's certain words that don't exist in other countries that exist here. For example, in Beirut, in the driving, there's no word for the word lane. There's no word for the, no lanes. And again, it's the same in Mexico and all the Middle Eastern countries, no word for lane. I was in Beirut and our driver was driving, he's like, maybe I go over here, maybe I go over here. I like it over here now. I like he wasn't even looking straight ahead he's like so what do you guys want to do where do you want to go what do you feel like doing oh from Iran I like Iran okay and if you've ever been a passenger in one of these cars outside this country you know it's the freakiest moment of your life we were going through traffic and I was like oh my god I'm going to die and all of a sudden I look up and there's a car a car coming at us and the car got within three feet and suddenly a scooter went right between us With five people on it. <laughs> He's carrying a watermelon. I heard that we in
1: Mexico,
4: and
0: was. There was you you're you driving around and it is scooters, horses, all kinds of shit.
4: It is nuts, and that all came from my first time going to the Middle East in two thousand and seven when we were doing the Access to the Evil comedy tour. Mm-hmm. Went to the Middle East and I saw that everywhere I went. Now, The place that took that and took it to another level in 2019, for the first time ever, I went to Indonesia. I did a Mm -hmm. show in Jakarta. Now, Jakarta is this city. I don't know. It must be one of the most populated, polluted cities. First of all, it was overcast the whole time. Mm -hmm. But you looked at the weather, and it said sunny. So that was pollution. Yeah. Yeah. Secondly, the driving... (laughs) Insane. I mean, I'm telling you, Adam. When I'm telling you to fit these two or three cars, and the cars were so tightly fit, and then there was all these scooters because that's what you know the locals are getting around the, on the little you know the Vespas or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're going in and out, and just barely any room. And then you would go down a street, and there was a little shed, just a little shed with a dude sitting inside the shed, like like almost like you know when you you go through you go out of a parking lot and there's yeah, a guy unattended. in a little shed. Yeah. The guy's sitting in a shed and he barely has any room. He's selling water. So as people drive by, I'm the traffic is so backed up where no one's going fast. So everyone's pulling up to him at like three miles an hour. And he's barely got any room to put his hand out with a tiny little hand comes out with a thing of water. And then he takes the cash and he goes back. I'm like, oh my, I go, what is this guy? I go, who is this guy? How does he get that job? I go, how did he leave? There's no way you can't get out. Like, how does the door open? The cut is too tight. And it was just one after the next. Jakarta is just nutty, but it was, it was always an adventure, but it's great driving.
0: I, we were, we were shooting in Mexico. So we had camera cars in front of us and they, no one gives a shit. They just, no one one cares. There's a donkey. There's just, okay. Three wise men. You know, you don't just all kinds of shit just showing up. Mariachi band just breaks out. and there's no, there's no order to anything. (laughs)
4: No order. They just they just go. And and that, again, that's another thing that just makes you realize you're like, you know, human beings are resilient. We'll survive. Yeah. You know, I mean, like in Cairo, you'll be going through the freeway. There's old ladies crossing the street. It's a video game. I mean, cars <laughs> are going like 80 miles an hour. Old ladies is like, I'm going to make it. And you're going like, ah, I don't want to watch this. You know? And somehow she makes it. Everyone's it was like, yeah, go ahead. And then she just gets through it. Oh my! Like, oh my God! It's like Frogger with an old lady. Yeah.
0: Ah, uh, you make me laugh, my friend. I I, I see. Uh, um, one of the things I really enjoy about your work is we're from two different cultures, but I can see my life in yours, and I think that's that's great.
4: Oh well, right back at you, man. I've always been a fan of yours, and uh, and I'm happy I got a chance to talk to you, and and it's fun. You're right. I I totally. You're one of the guys, when we're driving, my son now is 13, and he loves uh, Sirius XM. So, Mm -hmm. like, you're one of the guys who, when you come on, I'm listening, you know? Because there's there's some guys, some guys I don't even know, so I'm like, I don't even know who this guy is. And then there's some guys who I want to listen to, and he's 13, he knows cuss words, but some guys go so, I'm like, oh no, like... (laughs) It's like, you know, just two seconds of it. And then the next thing you're like, oh, geez, let's just change that channel, man. Yeah. You're but like, no. let
0: me ask you this. You don't want to you don't want to be embarrassed. Or you just I don't want to have to. I don't have this talk now. I don't want to have to explain this,
4: dude. I stumbled into the talk. I've been doing this on stage now mm-hmm. explaining how I stumbled into the talk because nobody gave me the talk. right? And I happen to be watching Blackish with my kids thinking, OK, this is a family sure. show. It's got to be a family thing. My daughter was eight. My son was 10 at the time. Now, my boy, I think boys around that age are very spaced out. So he's a smart kid, but he's spaced out. Mm-hmm. So when he's watching TV, he's just like, oh, just out of it. My daughter is like an FBI agent. She's seeing every little, she's CSI. She sees <laughs> and hears everything. She's eight. My son's 10. First, first scene of the first episode, the pilot show, the dad walks in on his teenage son who's Playing with himself. Right. And the dad goes, oh, and he walks out of the room. My son doesn't notice. He's like, oh. My daughter turns to me. She goes, what just happened? And as a parent, modern parent, I've read the books that say if your kids ask you a question, you got to be honest. Sure. So now I'm like, oh, my God. Like you just said, I was like, I'm not ready for the talks. She just asked what just happened. So I basically like fudge it a little bit. I go, well, what happened, baby, was... The dad walked in. He's in high school. His underwear was down, and it was embarrassing, so the father left. Mm-hmm. And she goes, oh, okay. And I go, oh, my God, I just dodged a bullet. Very next scene, father goes into the bedroom to the mom and goes, I just caught our son playing with himself. <laughs> Again, my son doesn't even notice. He's just like, oh, watching this. My daughter, she goes, what does that mean? And I'm like, oh, my God, you got to be honest. You got to be honest. And I swear to God, Adam, I started, I tried as best as I could. And I was like, baby, what happens is I guess sometimes when boys go to high school, I go, they just, uh, they just squeeze their pee-pee, just a little squeeze, just a little pee-pee squeeze. I swear to God, I was trying to, like, make it as, as innocent sure. as possible. Little pee-pee squeeze. And then, and then she turns to me, her jaws drop, like, what the hell are you talking about? And then I'm like, yeah, it just happens. And then she goes, did you do it? And I'm like, oh, I go, you know, hey, let's talk to your mom about it later. <laughs>
0: oh, God. You didn't
4: even uh, make it to the commercial break. <laughs> didn't make it to me- And then here's how stupid I am. The ne- that night, I, th- I was proud of myself. Right. Just, just ran. I ended up next to my wife at a certain point watching TV. And just like, I was like, oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you. I, I gave the kids the birds and the bees talks. She goes, you did what? I go, mean, yeah. We were watching TV, and this happened. I told I told our daughter about masturbation. She goes, you idiot! Goes, you're not supposed to. She goes, she's eight years old. I go, I don't know. The book said be honest. She asked me, I'm trying to be honest. I'm not a child therapist. She's like, you're an idiot. You rude. She goes, dude. She doesn't. She goes. She's like, she doesn't know what squeezing the peeping. is. She's gonna. She, she better not do that to the other. You know, she better not bring it up to her friends. I'm like, I don't want her friends to be involved with this it was a disaster
0: (laughs) I'm sorry for living this is (laughs) terrible oh oh, you're a good uh, dude Maz I'm glad we got to spend some time together people want to get a hold of you where where can they get you
4: it's at Maz Jobrani across the board M-A-Z-J-O-B-R-A-N-I Facebook, Instagram, TikTok I do it all at Maz Jobrani find me there Check out the podcast, Back to School with Major Brani. And I'm really happy we got a chance to hang out, Adam. I'm a fan, and uh, I hope we get to sit person to person at a club soon.
0: Yeah, that sounds good to me, brother. Best to you and the family. Be well. Take care. The ADD interview was brought to you by CruiseIntoWellness.com. CruiseIntoWellness.com for all your CBD needs. Now, let's say you're from another country. You're just trying to fit in here in America. You're out for ice cream with your father, he decides to be funny with the girl working behind the counter.
4: Hello, young lady. Would you like marry my son? This could
0: cause you a little anxiety. So why don't you do what I do? Take one of the gummies they have at cruiseintowellness.com. They also have edibles, tinctures, paint creams, bath products, pet products, and, wait for it, you know. You get 20% off with the coupon code ADAM. 20% off anything they have at cruiseintowellness.com. Go! Feel better!
4: My name is Maz Jobrani, and that was thirty minutes I will never get back. Ugh!
0: <laughs> I really liked that guy, and I really enjoyed spending time with him. You know what I loved? I love the fact that we are from two different cultures, but yet I saw my life in his. I thought that was great.
2: Yes, even though you got his culture wrong. Yeah, uh, <laughs> swinging a miss. Yes, Iranians speak Farsi. <laughs>
0: yeah, now I know that. Yeah, and they are they are more forgiving because he just glossed right over it, I'm still carrying a grudge
3: with Mark. <laughs> yeah. Well, Very I'll tell polite. you, I love that you could see your life, you know, in his life. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what's great about comedy. Truth is truth. And yeah. it crosses so many cultural barriers that that's what I think is the key, is the beauty of comedy, truly.
0: Yeah. And I love the fact that his immigrant parents are loud. I thought that was great. <laughs>
3: Like, can I just say every time we talk about a loud person right now. Mm-hmm. So now I'm picturing Maz's father is Lenny Clark. <laughs>
1: oh, my
2: <laughs> God. <Iranian> that's, <laughs> that's what I thought, too. And I I was thinking, wow, I can see where Moz gets his comedy. You know, just like you looking at your family. You, yeah. you always say that your mom and dad are, you know, comedians, you know, in their own way. They're funny, and, they just
0: don't know it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh,
2: that's how I pictured his uh, family, too.
0: Yeah, and he minds that, because it is funny to us. When mm-hmm. he said your parents are loud, oh, all right, the second grade, I'm in my first play, I'm in the second grade. It's a good man, Charlie Brown is the play. And I oh, play okay. Schroeder. So,
3: oh that's a big part. Good big for part, you. baby. That's right.
0: That's right, it was typecasting. <laughs>
3: <laughs> nice. So,
0: so we're all, it, it, it was a big event at the school, all the parents came up, mm-hmm. right? The play opens. The first the first song starts, and all I hear is my father's voice from the back row. Oh shit! It's a musical.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so you heard that? Heard that.
3: And, my, and then I heard my Joe. mother go, "Joe, lower your voice. They're
2: singing." <laughs> That's oh hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and were they all dressed up? My mom and dad. Yeah. Cause I got that too. I could relate when he was saying that they got all dressed up because my Latin side of the family, yeah. we get all dressed up, yeah. you know, for different events.
0: My mother, my mother, I told you the story when I was on law and order, my mother like wore a corsage. Yeah,
2: that's hilarious. Yeah.
0: But yeah, they were, uh, my, the work ethic too. My father had that work ethic. I have it. And, and I think you guys have noticed it cause I drive you crazy on this show.
3: Uh, you're a little obsessive about work and, and I love that your dad was like Oh, we got the, the christening or the baptism later on I can I squeeze in some work Now, you said he threw a jacket over his work clothes yeah. For some reason I picture him walking into the church In like a jumpsuit, like like a Mechanic jumpsuits. Okay, look, he,
0: my father didn't work at Jiffy Lube, you moron. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I
3: just see that he's just like, and I just love it. He's like, I'm here, okay. That's the important thing. I showed up. Just cut me some slack.
2: Hey, Joe could Joe, make that look good. Yeah, my father yeah, wore he,
0: he, he wore a regular a regular shirt. You know, it was kind of a work shirt, but it wasn't like you know it, it didn't say plumbing and heating. We're number one <laughs> in the number two business. You know, it didn't say that. <laughs>
3: I'm sorry, Joe. He had a blue I'm shirt. Sorry, and he was putting Joe. his
0: jacket on, but he had his ruler on his belt. He's sweating, and we heard the truck. <laughs> Jesus bestows <laughs> upon you the gifts of <laughs> door opens. Here comes my father putting his jacket on. He
2: sits down next
0: to my mother. There's the tape measure.
2: Can I just Please? say? Yeah. There's many times I wish I had a tape right on my belt. In church. That, I'm just saying it's good to have it on your body.
0: Okay. This was this was this was my father's deal with religion. He says, Look, you've been baptized, you made your communion, you made your first confirmation. All right? All your paperwork's done. <laughs> yeah. All right. If you want to go to church on Sunday, that's your choice. I won't be there because God is everywhere. So me and
3: God are gonna be home watching football. <laughs> go in peace.
2: God is everywhere.
3: Mm-hmm. Too bad God couldn't be on the side of the jets just a couple of more times. Oh, stop oh, it. Man. The jets, please.
2: <laughs> you want God to gamble?
3: <laughs> no.
2: No. I could relate to um, his driving in Jakarta. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because I've driven, you know, I've lived in Europe. I've lived in Asia. Driven in China. Wow. Which is basically, you picture one fish going upstream. Mm-hmm. That's your car. Yeah. And the stream of fish coming at you are bicycles. <laughs> it's crazy. And okay. there, like he said, there's no lines. Mm-hmm. Even in like France, I used to live right by the Arc de Triomphe. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Every time I had to have someone drive me home or I was driving, that's like a race. Sure. Because there are no lines. So you have to work your way to the outer to exit. Yeah. It's, it's kind of fun, I have to say, but dangerous
0: it's like centrifugal force i gotta keep spinning fast (laughs) enough to
3: get to the outside
2: yeah that's exactly right of the circle to
3: make my escape
2: it's a talent
3: (laughs) you know what else i loved what i love the story of him being forced into telling the birds and the bees early to his kids
0: yeah (laughs) he's watching tv (laughs) he's watching network tv he thinks he's safe his son is oblivious And what happened? His (laughs) daughter was like, he said his daughter's like the FBI agent, like asking questions.
3: Yeah, I love that. She's like totally honest. She's like, what's that mean? What's that mean? I love that he tried to sort of fudge his way through it. You know, what he should have said was like, look, I'm calling a timeout. I'm going to get your mother. We're going to go into the hood. We're going to go call New York. We're going to find out what the right call is here. I'm pretty sure whatever I say is going to be wrong. Yeah. Hit your PP. Probably not the best call.
0: Yeah, but but he even said, he goes,
2: the book said to be honest. I was honest. <laughs> right,
3: right. I like
2: his wife said, you're an idiot. <laughs> I love the I,
0: I love that he uses his kids in the back to school podcast. I thought that was great because the kids were asking him all these questions he'd have the answers to, so he can let the kid ask these these people questions. Yeah,
2: Adam, can we hurry up this podcast because I'd really like to listen to Mazza's podcast.
0: Thank you. She's bored with our <laughs> show.
2: <laughs> Doesn't no, that honestly, sound great? That's yeah. so cool.
0: He, all the people he talked to. And,
2: yeah,
3: and I, so interesting. Cave divers, the cave divers, Alex. Are you kidding me? That was such a cool story. And I was terrified even just hearing him tell about it, Mm -hmm. which is like
2: a huge fear. Right. Don't you like have this fear or is it just me getting trapped under frozen water?
3: (laughs) I I think that's most of humanity. (laughs) I
2: think so, too. Right.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But like, honestly, like that's the most. And I love the fact they're like, oh, wow, somebody's gonna have to come get us. Oh, wait a minute. We're the people who would come get us. We got to get out of here now. We're all going to die in like 15 minutes.
2: Like, yeah, that was crazy. Wild stuff.
3: Yeah.
0: I like the episode of his podcast where he had the uh, the guy from Rizvani Motors on and talk about the tank.
2: I know why you like that one. Go ahead, why? Because it reminds you of your apocalypse car. Yeah, yeah. I know when you are throwing canned soup.
0: Yeah, I, we we did a uh,
2: we did an Armageddon car, car for the end of the world. A dream fulfilled. Yeah.
0: And so I was in charge of weaponry. So originally I wanted a big crossbow and just have a giant arrow. But then I realized yeah. I don't want to keep chasing the one arrow we can we can afford. So right. we changed it to a catapult, and then for um, for ammunition, we used uh, melons and cans of soup. <laughs> so I was shooting <laughs> soup and melons at Target. <laughs> so yeah, it was a lot that's, of fun.
2: That's ridiculous. But, so and he has, you had razor blades, or what, what did... I'm not razor blades, Oh yeah, but... I had,
0: I had a, 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 a circular saw blades on the end of sticks, because if... If it's a zombie apocalypse, you're gonna have to cut the heads off. So I had six-inch, <laughs> I, I I had, I had six-foot rods with uh, open saw blades on the end of them that I could move out and cut the heads of zombies off.
2: A thoughtful plan.
0: Yeah. Oh, I left no stone unturned. But no, uh, uh, Resvani Motors, they make a tank. It, it's not, it, it's not, it doesn't have tracks. It has regular wheels. It looks like, it's just like a menacing Toyota, like a forerunner. Mm-hmm. But it's really, really cool. And it's a, uh, it's a tactical urban vehicle. They start at $155,000. And you can get them, they can be bulletproof. Uh, <laughs> yeah, bulletproof. It's um, a prepper car. Yeah, it's great. It's bulletproof and uh, 20 security features. I don't know what they are because I don't have the listings here, but that one starts at the bulletproof one is two hundred and sixty grand. And then there's the Hercules, which is a six by six. You know what that is? No. Six wheels. Yes. Six wheels? Six wheels. Look at that. There it is. So I pulled it up. Why six wheels? You need six wheels.
2: In case you lose six, one?
0: Six by six, baby. We can drive over anything. that okay. be great. All that right. starts at one hundred and seventy five grand. This, and then can it's the Hercules you? military bulletproof six by six. You're looking at 260 grand.
3: Can I ask you a question? Yes. Since you got it, you got it right up in the screen in front of you. Mm-hmm. My price range is about 300. dollars That's what I sort of allocate for these things. You can
0: get Which a toaster.
3: Think- <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay, Just right. call it apocalyptic toaster. Yeah. <laughs> right.
0: A tank toaster.
2: Listen, Adam, <laughs> Mark. Yes. You can't bring up uh, events that are scary, but Adam is. Pro- preparing for an event that's scary it's i'm not that about prepared.
0: i'm not preparing for anything look we... what is that truck where's that tank well a more important question is where's the money to buy the tank okay <laughs> we're not getting a tank well you seem to like it i like it but we can't afford it are you kidding
2: <laughs> what do you think what, we what... were we would be prepared but we couldn't afford it
1: yeah.
0: are
2: you crazy <laughs> What do you think? We're like Diamond <laughs> Diamond Stern, a $300
0: toaster? We don't okay. have any of that. <laughs> money right. to burn.
2: I see who people are going to turn to in a time of crisis. That's right. <laughs> hey, I wanted to ask you this too. Go ahead. Why do you want to slap a man who's trying to save me from having bacteria on my toothbrush? Oh,
0: Dr. Oz? Yes. That pain in the ass. <laughs>
2: Yes. Because he says something and I got to change
0: everything. You have to close the lid because there's big bacteria on my toothbrush. It's in a medicine cabinet in a toothbrush holder. It's
2: not getting in there. No, 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 no. Sometimes you leave your toothbrush out, your hair, whatever. Mm Bacteria is not good. You don't want
0: it. You want just enough to keep your immune system strong. Oh, shut up, Adam. A little bit so it's working.
2: (laughs) Goodness, I don't need feces to keep my immune system working. Thank you very much. Guess
0: what? You need a little bit of shit to grow a rose, baby. They call it manure. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Apparently I have to put up with that And so does Maz But we, we both love <laughs> our wives woman. Yes We both love our wives And want to make them happy And I want to thank Maz Giobrani For being my guest this week You can hit him up At Maz Giobrani on all socials And honey if they want to get a hold of us Where do they go?
2: The Adam Ferrara at Gmail
0: uh, Thank you so much for telling someone You love about this show It helps the show grow And if you get a chance To leave us a review That actually helps us with our friend
2: Mr. Algorithm
0: Please remember Life is hard. You take it easy on yourself The pod is ended Go in peace it's, it's like when you're out with another couple and they're fighting and that car ride home is like, what'd you think of that again? Well, I thought he was, you know, overreacting. You're taking her side. <laughs>
3: right, right. I, I caused undue concern and worry on the part of Alex for a situation that you're never going to encounter when you get to New York.
1: Sounds like you understand, but I'm pretty sure you're going to do it again, you putts.